Do you know that from your position, you can change a situation? Do you also know that you are the master over the created world and that you are meant to rule over everything God has made? Listen carefully to Pastor Shegun Obaji as he brings to you with simplicity and clarity the message of the new creation realities in Christ Jesus. Be blessed as you listen. The blessings that you've blessed us with in Christ Jesus, we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, Amen. Praise the Lord. Can I hear you say Amen? Amen. Or oh, you need the choir to help you say that again. Come on, can I hear you say Amen? Amen. Louder, Amen. Amen. Please, you may be seated. Father, thank you for the covenant of utterance. In Jesus' name, Amen. All right, the things to be grateful to God for. All right, we are looking at things to be thankful for. Sometimes, um, because of what we are going through, our situations and circumstances, we hardly can find things for which we are meant to be grateful. And sometimes, we rather find things that um, are reasons for us to want to complain and murmur. Praise God. But you see, um, we ought to exercise ourselves in seeing things through the eyes of God. Seeing life through the eyes of God. Seeing life through the eyes of God. Praise God. The Bible tells us very clearly in uh, Philippians chapter number 3 and verse 3. Speaking of the man in Christ. It says, we are the circumcision which worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus. We have no confidence in the flesh. That means we are a kind of people that is different from just anybody out there. The moment you get born again and you come into union with Christ, you become a different kind of person. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, the Bible calls us um, a, a chosen generation, a peculiar, a, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that we should show forth the praises of him that had called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So that means every child of God is chosen of God. Every child of God is royal. Every child of God is a priest. Every child of God is a holy person. Every child of God is peculiar. Glory to God. That means there are things that God has done for us by reason of our union with him. By reason of being God's children. By reason of being part of God's family. There are things that God has blessed us with. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 tells us. It tells us that God has blessed us. With all, how many? All, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. We have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. All. So that means there is nothing left. When you say all, that means all. Hallelujah. How many people or students passed the exam? All. All right. No student was left out. Glory to God. All. God has blessed us with 
all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we are blessed. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am blessed. blessed. Oh, come on. Say it like you mean it. Say say it with the right attitude. Say, I am blessed. blessed. All right. Turn to someone and say, I am blessed. blessed. All right. Now turn to somebody. Just tell the person. Say, you are blessed. blessed. All right. Prophesy. Come on. Say, you are blessed. blessed. Amen. All right. Now we are blessed people. Glory to God. We are a blessed people. God has blessed us. Now someone is saying, well, I'm I'm not sure I'm blessed. Maybe pastor is blessed. Maybe my neighbor is blessed. But for me, I'm not sure I'm blessed. Alright? If you're born again, you are blessed. You are a blessed person. Glory to God. Now, let me just show you very quickly the things that we ought to be grateful to God for. Colossians chapter number 1. Quickly, and verse 13. The Bible tells us, it says, God the Father has delivered us from the power, the word power there is exousia, meaning authority. He has delivered us from the authority of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Glory to God. Now, God has delivered us from the authority of darkness. Amen. I said amen. Amen. Someone says, really? Yeah. God has delivered you, child of God, from the authority of darkness. The power or right of darkness to impact on you negatively. To influence you negatively. Glory to God. He says, God has, it's not going to. He says, God has delivered us from the authority of darkness. Can someone say amen to that? Man, he has. Glory to God. You know, something happened um, some years ago when um, Smith Wigglesworth was still um, alive in the flesh. You, You know, he was upstairs, you know, sleeping, and then he started hearing noise downstairs. All right, like a rumbling. Somebody was scattering the house. And he knew he was the only one in the house at the time. There was no one else. And he had locked the main entrance, the door, to the house. And so he was a bit bothered. So he came downstairs. All right. And he saw that little thing that looked like a devil. All right. Just scattering the whole place. And he looked. He said, so it is the devil. All right. So he went back upstairs. You know, and just kept on sleeping. All right, he went on sleeping. Praise God. (laughs) The devil could not catch his attention. The devil did not have anything worthwhile to catch or get his attention. Why? Because he knew that God had delivered him from the influence or authority of the devil. Praise God. Amen. You see... Uh, There are certain things you know and somehow you understand that certain things will not happen to you and they cannot happen to you. Amen? Praise God. Let me give you another example. Your life is not in the hand of the devil. The devil cannot terminate your life. Why? Because the Bible tells us that the one who has the power of death, who had the power of death, that is the devil, 
It says, Jesus Christ destroyed him that had the power of death. He neutralized him. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14. Praise God. So that means for, for the child of God, death is not a forced or forceful exit from the world. Amen? Death is actually an opportunity to appear with the Lord being absent from the body. Praise God. Amen? That's, that's what death is. So that means when it's time, when you have uh, served your full term in God's purpose, in God's will for your life, and you have fulfilled your destiny, then you can leave the body. Praise God. Paul was contemplating whether to stay in the body or leave the body. In Philippians chapter 1. Amen? And he eventually decided to stay in the body. Why? Because he needed to help the church. Did you see it? So what does that tell you? It tells us that there are certain things we are to be grateful for. Alright? Number one, the gift of life that is not in the hand of the enemy. It is not subject to situations and circumstances. Glory to God. Amen? The gift of life. The gift of life. You see, your life is not in the hand of man. Your life is not in the hand of the devil. God has given you the gift of life, and that life is in his hand. Can someone say amen to that? And then he tells us that with long life will he satisfy us. Satisfy. Satisfy. So God lives forever, and he tells us that with long life he will satisfy you on this side of the divide. Satisfy you. Until you are satisfied, you are going nowhere. Amen? Now, you see, if a Christian dies, it is, the, it, is, it is the choice of that Christian to leave the sin. And that's why sometimes when, you know, people get to discouragement, maybe they are going through, you know, a very hard time, and they have to, um, you know, get to a point where they are close to death. All right? And um, they need encouragement. If you don't encourage them to accept the gift of life and embrace it, amen, and say no to death, they may slump into death. Amen. Anytime a Christian dies, is either of two things, all right, choosing to die or not honoring the principles of life that make for life. Praise God. Why am I speaking this way? I'm talking to somebody. Amen. Listen very carefully. God has given you life and you live and not die. You didn't hear me. I said you live and not die. Mm -hmm. If you choose life, you live. If you honor the principles of life, they make for life. For example... In 1 Corinthians 11, the Bible speaks of um, honoring the body of Christ. Praise God. In other words, you don't get to a point where you begin to attack another Christian or attack the body of Christ. Or gossip about people. Saying things that you don't have facts or evidences about or for. You don't, you don't do that. If a Christian persists in that and the Lord rebukes him, corrects him, but he persists in that... And that's why some people die. For example, 1 Corinthians 11, it says because they didn't honor the Lord's body, many of them were weak, all right, sickly, 
and many of them eventually slept. They died. Okay? But that was not God's will for them. Amen? See, you honor the principle of life, which is honoring the Lord's body, all right, which is the body of Christ, the body of believers, you will live. Lift up your right hand and say, I choose life. I can't hear you. Say, I choose life. Louder, say, I choose life. Glory to God. Amen. You know, something happened one time. There was this beloved one who was involved in a ghastly uh, motor accident. And a child of God. You know, and um, there was a metal from the car that entered in, pierced through his chest. And entered, pierced through his chest and touched his heart. And blood was gushing out. All right. Right in that situation, he was screaming, Lord, I choose life. I choose life. Until he was unconscious and couldn't speak anymore. But he just kept saying, I choose life. I live and not die. I live and not die. His eyes were, I live and not die. I live and not die. And then he became unconscious. All right, they took him to the hospital. Miraculously, he survived it. He's still alive today. (laughs) Glory to God. There was another person. It was the shock of the accident that killed him. Shock. He just heard, "Ah!" and that was it. All right, because somehow people, maybe that person had been dying before he even came close to that point of death. You know, see, understand how these things work. Hallelujah. If there's no death in you, no death can kill you. Amen. I said amen. Amen. You see, the gift of life is a gift from God, not from the devil. All right. The devil has no right to seize that gift and take it from you. Say, I live and not die. (laughs) For the gift of life, we ought to be thankful. Hallelujah. Giving thanks to God for the gift of life. Back to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. God has delivered us from the authority of darkness. That means the power, the right that darkness has to um, cause an incursion into your life. Whatever the enemy wants to do. All right. Listen very carefully. The Bible tells us that God has robbed him of the right to do it. Whatever he wants to do against you, God has robbed him of the right to do it against you. Amen? What does that mean? It simply means that now that you're in Christ, the devil will have to get your permission before he can come into your life. And that's what the Bible tells us. It says, and give no place, neither give place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. Give no place to the devil. Amen. He cannot have just any place in your life that he so desires. He cannot. He cannot. He can only have the space or the place that you concede to him. Did you see it? All right. So that means you have authority right now over the devil, over principalities and powers. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. Amen. I had a dream one time. And um, I, in that dream, I just saw, you know, a car. I was uh, taking a walk. And then someone from the car just stretched forth his hand, you know, through the window of the car. And seized my hand, held me by the wrist. You just, pow! All right. 
And he said, come with us. I said, no way. <laughs> Glory. See, look, let me tell you something. Whatever you believe in church, you believe in your closet, is what you believe in your dream life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There's nothing like, you know, you're seeing Jesus here, and then in the dream, it's... No. That means you didn't really believe in that Jesus. All right. Whatever you believe, faith is spiritual. Whatever you truly believe, you believe in life. Even if death comes and says, well, we have to go together now. We're going somewhere. In the dream, you'll still be talking. All right. God didn't show up to Solomon physically when he blessed him with wisdom. It was in his dream. Amen. He had an encounter with God and God placed a blank check before him and said, all right, what do you want me to do for you? He said, I want a heart of understanding because I need to lead your people and they are too great for me. I need understanding. I need wisdom. And God blessed him with wisdom in the dream, in his dream. Hello, in his dream. And then he woke up a wise man. You see? It was an encounter he had in the dream and it became his reality in time. Praise God. Are you following what I'm saying here? All right. Whatever you believe in time is what you believe in your dream life. Can someone say amen to that? Whatever. You believe that death has no power over you, that God has delivered you from the authority of Satan from the authority of darkness, then so be it. In time, real time, in your dream life, so be it. Glory to God. And so, stretch forth his hand and said, you know, grab my wrist and, and I pulled my hand from off that person's hand and said, no way, I'm not going with you. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> you know, and it was so. There are people who have had challenges in their lives, they just had a dream, alright, and they had an encounter in the dream. They woke up and it was real-time encounter. Amen? Why? Because, you see, let me tell you something. Whatever you truly believe in the secret, in the inner crevices of your heart, those are the things that you will believe in a dream life. Look at um, Jacob. He had an encounter, amen, at laws. And he saw the heavens open. He saw a ladder reaching, you know, uh, from heaven, touching the earth. And he saw angels ascending and descending upon the ladder. And God spoke to him. He woke up and he knew that was a special place. And the Bible tells us that he anointed a stone there. And he called that place the gate of heaven. He called it the house of God. He came back to that place to build an altar for the Lord. And worship God there. Praise God. And that place to this moment is called Bethel, the house of God. Amen? He had a dream. He had a dream. Glory to God. Now, what are we saying here? Listen very carefully. Whatever you truly believe in time, that is what will hold sway in your dream life. Do you believe that you have been redeemed from the authority of darkness? Come on now, church. Do you believe it? Yes, I can't hear you. Do you believe it? Yes, Come on now. Do you believe it? Yes, do you believe that when Jesus died, he delivered you 
from the power or authority of darkness and he translated you into the kingdom of himself. Do you believe that? Come on now. Do you believe that? All right. Now, what you believe is what is going to happen to you. It is unto you according to your faith. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. I believe that. I believe that. There's somebody here, the Lord said to say to you, all right, that dream that you had, that you're going to die, and the dream was so real to you that you woke up in, in fear, you, you, you believe that somehow death is coming your way. The Lord said to say to you, who is it that speaks? And it comes to pass when the Lord has not commanded it. And God is saying to you that that dream is averted. It will not come to pass. Now, the Lord is saying to you, believe the word. Believe the word. Look at, look at Psalm 91, the last, the last verse, verse 16. The last verse, Psalm 91, the last verse. Look at it. It says, with long life will I satisfy him. Can you put your name there? With long life will I, will God satisfy I can't hear you. With long life will I and show him my salvation. So look at it. With long life will I satisfy him. Satisfy me. Satisfy Shegun Obaji. Amen. Alright. And show Shegun Obaji my salvation. This is God speaking to me here. Now with long life will I satisfy him. What, is it, what does it mean to be satisfied? Alright. That means fool. Isn't it? Field, isn't it? All right. Yeah, content. Glory to God. That's what it means to be satisfied. <laughs> so are you satisfied with 50 years? Are you satisfied with 60? Are you satisfied with 40? Are you satisfied with 20? I, I can't hear you. Are you satisfied with 20? Are you satisfied with 13? Some of us are past 13. All right. The children may respond. All right. But you see, until you are satisfied, until you are satisfied, God says, I will not call you home. All right. Now, the devil is not the janitor of heaven. It's not the one that he says, you've spent enough time now, you can go home. No. The devil is not a janitor of heaven. Amen. <laughs> and God is not going to call you home until you are done with your assignment here. Can someone say amen to that? Yeah. I want you to witness to at least three persons around you. Say, I live long, I live long, I live long, I live long. Until I'm satisfied. Amen. I live long until I am satisfied. Glory to God. Amen. I said amen. I said amen. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Now someone was saying something one time. He was bragging on uh, the longevity in his natural family. He said in our natural family... All right, we live long, 89, 90-something, my great-grandfather and all that. Praise God. 
All right. Um, well, as good as that is, that is not our confidence. Our confidence is actually premised on what Christ has done for us and the word of God. Amen? Now, just, just think about a man. You take the reference point from Adam. And then you get to Abraham, and then you get to Isaac and Jacob and Israel. And they now say, well, in a natural family, Adam was 930-something you know, years old before he died. So we live long. If you look at it, the trend is this. It's a downward trend. The slope is negative. Amen. <laughs> Nine hundred something, nine hundred something, nine hundred something, eight hundred something, eight hundred, eight hundred, eight hundred. It's going, going, going. Seven hundred, seven hundred, seven hundred, seven hundred. And it's going, 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 going. All right, five hundred, <laughs> five hundred, four hundred, three hundred, two hundred, one hundred. All right, and anyone who lives as old as you know one hundred and ten or one hundred and one, we celebrate such people, right? We call it long life. All right, but then <laughs> Adam looked at it. What kind of short life is this? <laughs> Did you see it? So don't go by that. Don't go by that. Go by the word of God. God says in Psalm 91 and verse 16, He says, With long life. Come on, say long life. life. Now, when God satisfies you with long life, it is not long life in hardship, it is not long life in disaster. It is not long life in regrets. Dear Lord, help me. This ought to be a thanksgiving message. <laughs> but is somebody getting blessed? <laughs> With long life will I satisfy him. Satisfy. 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 You know, let me tell you something. There are certain things God has put within your jurisdiction. Within your uh, choice or choices. Praise God. The Lord spoke to Isaiah the prophet and said, Go and tell King Ezekiah. He's going to die. Amen. He should put his house in order. And the king said, Lord, it is not proper for me to die now. I've walked before you with a perfect heart. Why should I die now? And he cried and wept sore before the Lord. And God spoke to Isaiah and said, Look, go and tell him. Go back and tell him that I've added 15 more years. 15, one five, To his years, to his days. Glory to God. 15 years is, is not small time. Praise God. That's much. Praise God. 15. Look at it. Now, when God sent Isaiah to tell him that he was going to die, God meant it. It was not a joke. Hello. It was not a joke. But he negotiated his way onto long life. You see, you can live long if you so desire. Because there's a promise that has covered longevity of life. Graceful longevity. Amen. No matter the situation, you can live long if you so desire. Say, I choose life. I, choose life. Oh, I can't hear you. Come on, say, I choose life. I choose life. 
Louder, say, I choose life. life. Alright. Do you know it is possible to have a repeat of longevity that the, the least of us lives at least a hundred years old? Amen? At least a hundred years. At least. Amen? And some people may feel like, well, why should I live a hundred years in this world? I don't even like, I want to go and be with the Lord. It's your choice. Amen? It's your choice. If you're done with your assignment, you may go and be with the Lord. Do you know death can even be a choice? Like you say, okay, I'm ready now. And then you call all your children and bless them, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Amen? And then... Nobody closes your eyes for you like this. You just close your eyes and breathe your last. <sighs> and just like that. I mean, you, you have simplified death. <laughs> people look and say, <laughs> For some people, they have, you have to close your eyes for them. Because the way they went, it was like, ah! And then they, they have to close their eyes. Now, listen very carefully. Listen very carefully. God says, with long life will I satisfy him. Who is, who is to be satisfied with long life here? Who is to be satisfied? Okay. So, um, that means the number of years you spend on earth depends on you. If you are not satisfied, then you tell God, I'm not satisfied yet. You know, I've seen people who got satisfied, you know, with 35 years. And they left the scene. There was a beloved one that we were praying for. We prayed and prayed and prayed, and the person was revived. And there was a doctor, a, a Christian doctor, beside that beloved one, that heard what that beloved one was saying. That I'm revived now, but I don't think I want to live anymore. I'm living. I'm going. And then he persuaded the beloved one, the doctor, the Christian doctor, and said to the beloved one, Why? Why not stay back and fulfill destiny? There are people who need you here. He said, You know, I'm, 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 I'm tired. I think I'm fine now. And left. Now, let me tell you something. The power of choice is strongest at personal will. Should I say that again? The power of choice is strongest at personal will. What does that mean? It simply means that if you truly want something and then someone else who loves you wants something else for you, Alright, there will be a clash of wheels. At the end of the day, your wheel will override the wheel of others. If it's a matter that has to do with you, your wheel will always prevail. Even when it comes to the most important matter in life, which is salvation, the wheel of man prevails. It says, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Whosoever believes, that's a choice, isn't it? Whosoever believes and is baptized shall be saved. Whosoever does not believe shall be damned. 
So you see, your choice here is very important. Your eternity depends on your choice. That means your choice will lead you to wherever you want to go. Your choice will take you to your destination. Your destiny. In fact, what we call destiny, actually, apart from the fact that God has designed a good destiny for everyone, alright, what we call destiny is actually the product of the choices we make in light or in ignorance. A destination that is against the will of God for you was not designed for you. All that God made in the beginning said, God looked at everything and said, look, everything is good. So that means God designed a good destiny for you. Can someone say amen to that? But your choice, your choice will determine whether or not you step into that destiny. Your choice. Your choice. Now, I've read the Bible a couple of times and I understand what I just told you now. I understand it quite well. Now, what was God's destiny for Saul of Kish? What was his destiny for him? The first king of Israel. To establish his kingdom for how long? And God said it. He meant it. He spoke through Samuel the prophet. He said, I have it in mind to establish my, your kingdom forever. But he made a wrong choice and stepped out of that destiny. And his choice created another destiny for him. There was another outcome or product of a wrong choice. Did you see it? Come on now. Did you see it? All right. So God said, well, you now, we now have, you have a neighbor that is better than you, David. And God established his kingdom with David forever. See? Now look at Eli. Eli the priest had two sons, Ophniah and Phineas. They were sons of Belial. They didn't follow the way of the Lord. And their dad didn't call them to order. Preferred them to the Lord. And God said, I have said, in fact I said, that your father's house should walk before me forever. But far be it from me. God says, I, I repent. I'm not going to do that anymore. Whosoever holds me in high esteem, I will hold in high esteem. Praise God. God changed his mind. Why? Not because that thing had not been prepared or provided for. But his choice created another outcome for him. You see, choices and outcomes go hand in hand. You cannot make a choice without a consequence of that choice. Praise God. See it? Now, God made us beings of choice or choices. Amen? You choose the Lord. I've laid before you life and death. He says, choose life and you will live. Did you see it? Lift up your right hand again. Say, I choose life. I I can't hear you. Come on, say, I choose life. Loud, I say, I choose life. Now, for the gift of life, for the gift of life, amen, we ought to be grateful. And listen, you ought to hold on to it with gratitude. Hold on to it tenaciously with gratitude. Hold on to it with everything within you. I choose life. I choose life. I choose life. Glory to God. In fact, 
faith itself is a choice. How many of us know that faith is a choice? All right. Look at Hebrews chapter 4. All right. And let's see this. Hebrews chapter 4, verse um, 2. Hebrews 4 and verse 2. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, did not profit them, not be mixed with faith in them that heard it. So that means, you know, mixing the word with faith was actually their choice. They didn't mix the word with faith. They heard the word, but they didn't decide to believe it. Believing is not something that is imposed on you. Believing is what you do willingly, having heard the word of God. Did you see that? Okay. Look at it. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, it says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. Look at the next verse. Look at it. All right. Is, is it Mr. Oge that is projecting? All right. He says, but I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. So that means they heard the gospel because preachers were everywhere preaching it. Okay? But I say, okay, go, go to, okay, but, all right, go to the next verse, verse 19. Thank you. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses said, I'll provoke you to jealousy, but them that are no people, by them that are no people, and by a foolish nation uh, will I anger you. Verse 20, quickly. But Isaiah is very bold and saith, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. Praise God. Now, jump to verse, um, go to verse 16, 15, 16 now, quickly. All right. Now jump to verse jump to verse 16. 16. Yes. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. They they all heard the gospel, but they did not all obey the gospel. All right? For Isaiah said, who had believed that report? You see it? So hearing is faith coming to you in potential form. All right, believing is you responding to the word of God consciously, willingly, voluntarily, deliberately, intentionally. Did you see it? Hello. Oh, come on, come on. Hello. All right. So your choice is involved. Your choice is involved. I, I learned something some years ago, and I discovered that, look, there are choices to make in life. There are choices to make in life. Can you turn to your neighbor, say to your neighbor, there are choices to make in life. <laughs> All right. What makes a difference in your life is actually making the right choices. You make the right choices, and you go ahead. You move forward. Let me show you another scripture here. Second Corinthians chapter 9. And verse 6. Thank you, Lord. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. So who decides whether or not you sow sparingly? 
Who decides whether or not you sow bountifully? God? Come on, talk to me. God? No, talk to me now. God? It's your choice. It's your choice. It's your choice. (laughs) See? It's your choice. Now, I now discovered something as we get back to Thanksgiving. You know, the Spirit of God has drifted my heart. I've been trying to come back to Thanksgiving, but I believe God is speaking to somebody. Amen. The Spirit of God now um, showed me something in time past. He said, there are certain things that influence your choice or choices. Number one is your understanding. Your understanding. Paul said, when I was a child, I thought as a child. I spoke as a child. I thought as a child. I understood as a child. When I was a child. Now, your understanding will determine your choices. Amen? Your understanding will determine your choices. In Psalm 82, if you start reading from verse 5, uh, let me show you this. Psalm 82 and verse 5. It says, They know not, neither will they understand. So, they lack knowledge, they lack understanding, they walk on in darkness, all the foundations of the earth are out of cause. And then it says, I have said... Ye are gods. Now, God said that to everybody. I have said, ye are gods, and all of you, children of the Most High, but, but, look at it, ye shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Why? They know not, neither will they understand. So the choices they make were inferior to the choices of gods because they lacked understanding that they were gods. Did you see it? Your understanding. If you want to make quality decisions in life, you must seek understanding. Understanding. Understanding, the Bible says, is a wellspring of life to those who have it. And those who have understanding, the Bible says, they will dwell in the zone of life. Those who lack it will dwell in the zone of death. Understanding. Come on, say understanding. All right. If you read the book of Proverbs, you realize that it's a book that shows knowledge, counsel, understanding, and wisdom. That means showing us the path to knowledge, showing us the path to counsel, understanding, and wisdom. And how to make the most of all that. Praise God. The Bible speaks of a young man who, was, who lacked understanding. And saw a woman well dressed, decked. All right, the husband had gone to do his business. She was the only one left at home. She needed a young guy to just comfort her. And so there was this young man that was walking in that direction, was going there. And the preacher, all right, Solomon told us, he said, the man, the young man didn't know that he was actually going towards his own slaughter. He was going to the zone of death. He was going to fall over a cliff 
and he was going to die. But he, why? Because he lacked what? Understanding. So his choice was wrong. You know, there are certain things they may look free, but if you have understand, you know this thing is not free. It's expensive. Fornication is very expensive. <laughs> if it grips you. Amen? But you see, when people lack understanding, you'll say, well, I met a woman, all the women I've been meeting in my life, I've always been spending money on them. But I met this one, very generous woman. All right, she's the one willing to spend money on me. I mean, very generous. Anytime we are together and all that, we just drop 50K, sometimes 120. Very generous. All right, just one night, 150, 200. You know, and she's the one paying my rent and, you know. (laughs) All right. Have you seen any free lunch before in life? All right. Somebody paid for it. Amen. There's only one generosity that is generosity indeed. And that's the generosity that comes from God. If it's something else, (laughs) it's a bait. You know what a bait is? Uh Uh-huh. Praise God. So you see, let's come to this point of understanding the things that Christ has done for us. Lord, help me. (laughs) This is serious. (laughs) Amen. All right, I'm free now. Can I talk to you? All right. Amen. Now, understand that there are things in life that will come your way according to divine orchestration. Seasons will happen in your life according to divine orchestration. But whether or not you are going to make the most of those things and seasons will be dependent on your choice. Your choice is going to be the game changer. Whether or not it will go in your direction. Your choice. Your choice. Amen? Choice. Choice. Hallelujah. You know, a man of God was sharing his testimony. There was a, a young man who was um, um, his friend at the time that they were in the university together and um, he knew the young man knew that God had called him into the ministry and this the man of God himself knew that God had called him into the ministry so um, they started out together and then all of a sudden the parents of his friend that young man said you know what why not go abroad for your masters and PhD all right and um, he thought it was a very good idea. Now, there's nothing wrong going abroad for your master's and PhD. But if your choice is not consistent with God's purpose for you, it's a wrong choice. It may be something accept- well acceptable, but it's a wrong choice. So, um, he, he decided to go abroad. So, he went abroad. He finished his master's and then his PhD. Okay? And then, all of a sudden, somehow, his mindset had changed. And then he thought in his mind that, look, 
the best thing to do is just you know to serve God in research all right not in the gospel do, do you know how people can uh, convert the original purpose of God for them to something inferior all in the name of after I'm still serving God amen all right <laughs> so he decided to go that way and then this man of God was was sharing you know this with people and he said look he wept and wept he called him hey friend what is happening when are you coming back ministry let's do ministry together and then he said well um, I don't think it's ministry anymore I just think I should serve God and then he said hey check your prophecy book God spoke to you you didn't make this up what happened well, I just thought well you know and all that it was just one decision that caused that trigger he just veered off just one decision amen I said amen I remember there's there's a, some someone who mentioned his name. We were we were together on campus. He, he also pastored a fellowship. I won't mention the name of fellowship. I pastored a fellowship on campus. I can mention that one. Praise God. Okay. So, and we we went to serve. You know, as destiny will have it, we were posted to the same state, Cross River State. Amen. Of course, we're not posted to the same. Uh, place of primary assignment but when we were um, at the camp the orientation camp we had times that we'll go to pray together all right we'll go somewhere to pray and we we're making intercessions praying and he will weep and say the lord will have me do this the lord will have me do this all right which i had witness to he was saying wonderful things about the ministry so after nyc he got a job in a bank and then he continued. I called him, our brother so and so. Um, when are you, you know, starting ministry? You said God will have you do this, and I said uh, I have given myself just two years. Two years became five years. Five is still there now. Is is one of the you know uh, managers there in that bank, that particular branch, um, or particular bank rather, and. Um, I shook my head. Amen. I said, Lord, what happened? The Lord said, you see, I'm not a witch. I don't manipulate people's will. I can only give them revelation. The choice is still theirs. Okay. God is not a witch. I got an offer. I've said this humbly before God. Of course, some of you know. I finished with the first class. The first of its kind in our department. Praise God. So I, I got an offer. There was a company that invited me. I said, look, you don't need any interview. Just come and work with us. And I was praying. Oh God. It's, it's good to seek the face of God. I was praying about it. Lord, this is a very, very good one. A juicy offer. So should I, should I go for it? And the Lord said to me, if you go for it, your, your destiny will be terminated. You know, I like God the way he speaks. He doesn't deceive people. He's, he, God is not diplomatic at all. 
Jesus called a spade a spade. Praise God. He says, in this world you will see tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He didn't say in this world that you will not see anything. Just continue. But Lord, you said I won't see anything. Sorry, I just wanted to encourage you so you could just start out. No. Say so you will see challenges, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So the Lord spoke to me. He said, if you go there, your destiny will be terminated. You know, I wish we had meetings like this where people, you can hear the truth in church. Because some of you, you may not hear this kind of sermon again the rest of your life. I'm telling you, maybe you are traveling out after, from this place, you are going somewhere else. I don't know what it knows. <laughs> so you need to hear these things, I'm telling you. <laughs> so, I was, sometimes God will just change your sermon. Because there's somebody there, that will be the last time the person will hear you. Amen. You know, the last time God spoke to Cain was when Cain was still close to where Adam and Eve were living. All right. After that conversation, he went far away from the presence of God. God didn't say anything to him anymore. See? So, (laughs) I said, Lord, by your grace, I will not take that offer. Praise God. I refuse the offer. Now, let me tell you something. You are, you are like this, and you are thinking like you do right now. You have this special kind of mindset because of the choices you've made. The choice of church to attend, who to marry. Hello. There are some people, look at, look at Job. All right? I, I don't know how he met his wife. You understand? But the, the truth is, I mean, a woman that had been with a godly man of that caliber and had seen God bless him you know the manifestation of prosperity and goodness and and all that and then the man is challenged and then she comes and says you know what cause God and die it cannot be worse than this just cause God and die what a cancel So I told my, my wife, then my fiancé, I said, look, you know what? We're not taking that offer. See, let me tell you something. That it is, there was one of our sons. This person is here. I won't look, I won't even look in his direction. <laughs> so that he won't feel like I'm not, I'm looking away from the person. <laughs> person said, Pastor, God has done it. I said, what has he done? He said, ah, there's this offer somewhere, you know, somewhere in um, maybe UAE or something. And um, I said, like this, I'm, I'm going to make a lot of money. And we're taking GLT there. You know, sometimes we just feel like uh, uh, GLT, we're taking GLT to the place. <laughs> I said, God has a prophetic calendar for the spread of GLT. So if, what do you think about this? I was quiet. See, when God is quiet, it's not that God has lost his ability to speak. <laughs> he wants you to have a rethink. <laughs> so I was quiet. And then he sent me another message. He said, Pastor, didn't you see this? As this I mean, this. I was quiet. And a wise son, he feels like, ah, Baba, quiet. Okay. Amen. Let me tell you something. 
Let me tell you something. This is very important. If you believe God has spoken to you about something and you are the only one seeing it, that means everybody has, has been struck with apostasy, including your pastor. Nobody's seen anything. Nobody. I mean, I heard God. All right. You must have heard a special God, not the God of the Bible. Special in quote. You see, let me tell you something. Except you are the only one that has the Holy Spirit. If you have seen something and someone is a little bit like, brother, why not pray about this thing again? Feel like, no, 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 I'm not praying. I've prayed. All right? Humility will preserve you from error. Can I talk to you? So we kept quiet, and then <laughs> he now came back. He now said, "Our pastor, I thought it was what I, I thought it was God, and but we are seeing something else." Now let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. When people are overly excited about the good life, and they want it so badly, and they start praying and start praying, if they allow their desire. To overwhelm them, they will start prophesying their desire. And I'm telling you the truth. They will start prophesying. Ah, thus the spirit of the living God. I see all of us traveling abroad. International open doors. International open doors. And they say, amen, amen. And then another person will pick up that prophecy. Alright. It's a prophecy of their desire. They are speaking from their desire, not from the spirit of God. Amen. I said amen. Now there's nothing wrong having a strong desire for something, but before it gets to a point where it overwhelms you, go and compare note with the Lord in prayer, and then compare note with people that you really, really trust. Hello, your pastor. See, you see, your pastor is not going to lead you, but your pastor can confirm whether or not. Look at, look at. Eli. Eli had gone far away from God. His eyes were dim. He couldn't even see physically. He couldn't see spiritually. There was no open vision at the time. But he could tutor Samuel to know the voice of God. You may think the man doesn't understand your, you know, the things. You know, the, there are some deep dealings of God with me these days, and, and the Lord took me from the peripheral, and He just plunged me into the depth of of revelation. And God is just speaking things to me beyond the telling of the mouth. I mean, uh, deep things of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah, man. And and so um, the Lord took me. On a spiritual trip to heaven. You see, there, there are three heavens. All right, I went to the third heaven and I heard things that, oh dear, I don't know. Can, do you have the spiritual capacity to bear these things? All right, and that's all these gymnastics. A father will look at you, you say all those things and all that. You say, you know what? Sit down, sit down there. Sit down. Just sit down there. All right? Um, I've heard all the things you have said and all that. But I don't perceive that God is leading in that direction. Say, uh, no, how can you not perceive it? 
And then you see, sometimes people say, well, this beware of old prophets. Beware of old prophets. You see, let me tell you something. An old prophet is a prophet that comes into your life that had not any relationship with you prior to that time. The young prophet came from another city. The old prophet was not his mentor. The old prophet was not like Elijah to Elisha. It was not like Elisha to Gehazi. It was not like Moses to Joshua. Are you from what I'm saying here? For someone to just come and say, Don't share the Lord. I see you in America. You don't feel like, You're not my pastor. God has not told me. And when you hear such things from people, you should run. All right, that, that was the old prophet. God told the young. See, sometimes when people interpret scriptures, you say, Beware of old prophets. Beware of old prophets. I say, ah, old prophets. You know, an old prophet is an intrusion into your life. Didn't raise you in the Lord, had not taught you God's word. That's an old prophet. He just comes, he's just shaking before you. Hey! I see you in America. Pack your, you have to leave now. You have to leave now. The world is coming to an end. <laughs> can, can I talk to you? Amen. But somebody that you have followed over time, who nurtured you in the faith, who taught you the word of God, and he's saying, I think this thing, why not consider it again? <laughs> Amen. So beware of an old prophet. You know what that means. Study the Bible. Don't just generalize an old prophet. God told the young prophet, all right, go this way. Don't go back this same way. All right. Just go prophesy and just follow my instructions. And don't eat bread there. Don't sit down with anybody. Just go there, deliver the word, and then go back. Return home. And then an old prophet came. It was a test of his own prophethood. All right? He said, An angel of the Lord appeared to me. Now, you know, the way prophets used to dress then, there, there was this, you know, they used to wear this robe. So if you see a prophet at Pharaoh, you can say, That's a prophet. If you see a priest, you can say, Oh, that's a priest. So when he was talking, he knew he was a prophet. Amen? But what is the connection? Alright, beware of an old prophet. It was an old prophet, Elisha, that told Gehazi. He said, you see, look, don't collect anything from Naaman. He disobeyed the old prophet and he became a leper. He was an old prophet. See, this was someone that had been grooming him, teaching him God's word. So an old prophet, actually, according to scriptures, is someone who comes into your life all of a sudden, boah, and he just gives you word of knowledge by familiar spirit. You're wearing a red pant. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I know your account number, your GTB account number. <laughs> and then he goes, zero, zero, three, seven, zero, four, you know, and I, I know your mother's name. I know your grandmother's name. Your father is not Nigerian. Now hear what God is saying. 
your wife is a witch. If you want to succeed in life, run away from your wife. Uh-huh. I've been saying this thing, that woman. The other day I woke up in the middle of the night. She, her eyes were like this. She said she was, she said she was praying. <laughs> I knew it wasn't prayer. That's an old prophet. From where to where? So everybody around you cannot hear God anymore. Even a backsliding prophet, a priest, God could still speak through him to a lad, Samuel, a young boy. He said, son, that's the voice of God. Anytime you hear that voice again, say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Amen. Hmm. So, I was quiet. Because, as a pastor, you will not lead people. The Holy Spirit leads us in the New Testament. Amen? But you can, because of your privileged position as a pastor, you are not an underseer. You are not a sightseer. You are an overseer. Overseer. So, that means, by reason of oversight, you have privilege to know certain things. The Bible says pastors should take the oversight of God's people. See? So you, you don't lead people. You say, well, are, you, are you sure about that? Why not take time to pray about it? Listen, there are voices in your life that are not strange voices. When God was to speak to Samuel, all right, he didn't speak in bars. Samuel. He spoke in the voice of his spiritual father. Because he didn't go to maybe Phineas or Ophniah. That uh, Ophniah, did you call me? Phineas, did you call me? <laughs> he went to Samuel. He sounded like the voice of Samuel. Are you following what I'm saying here? An old prophet is a prophet with a mouth. A prophet is a mouthpiece. An old prophet is a prophet that has a mouth that speaks strange voices. You cannot trace it, you can't underpin it with and on anything in your past, what God has said to you or God had done in your life. You cannot you cannot trace it to reference points. That's an old prophet. Amen. Did, did you see that? Come on now. Did you see that? <clears throat> So, beware your choices. I have to stop here this Sunday service. Your choices are very important. And what informs your choices? Number one, your understanding. Alright? Number two, your teachers. Your teachers. Now, when God wants to punish a people or a person who has gone astray or have gone astray as the case may be, God would withdraw their teachers from them. Look at Isaiah 30. Look at Isaiah 30 and verse 20. Okay? 
It says, and though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner anymore. Anymore simply means once upon a time they were removed into a corner. But God says, my mercy has come. They will not be removed anymore. Did you see it? But thine eyes shall see thy teachers. So you see, teachers will teach you. And by reason of the kind of words you are hearing, listen very carefully, your will, your decision will be informed in a certain direction, in a certain way. So I tell people, listen very carefully, proven verse, most of the time when people go astray, they hear strange teachers. Someone just shows up from the blues. He says, you know what grace means? Do you know what grace means? Grace simply means live the way you want it. Hallelujah. And then someone says, ah. and then he shows you scriptures, shows you scriptures. He dazzles you. And they say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he uses the power of oration. And everybody says, ah, this is it. This is it. This is it. Amen. And then you now ignore the teachers that have been proven over time. That God has, has, I mean, allotted, set aside to teach you the word. Amen? Hello? People like that go astray. There was one of our beloved ones, I won't mention his his name. He um, He was listening to a particular person, a teacher. And then I, I called him and I said, you know what? This man teaches the word, all right? But you see, if a babe hears him, the babe will not be able to place what he's saying in the right perspective. So be careful. He said, that, that's, my, that's, the, that's my teacher. That's the person that, you know, all these Nigerian teachers, I don't like them. I like someone that, you know, I like the way he speaks. And I said, look. Is in the body of Christ. So be careful. Just be careful. A wise son should say, Sir, what, what have you noticed? You see, the kind of question you ask in life will determine the answers that you will get. What, what did you notice about that? Have you noticed something? When you start ignoring everybody in your life, people that God used to raise you in the faith. Are you from saying here? You just ignore, you just, you call their bluff. Wait, what is Look at that thing. What is it? Are they God? They are not. But they are God sent to you. So, and he, he went that way, he went, and then he went, and he veered off. When he veered off, he started saying some things. I said to my wife, I said, it will be the last time that person will handle that mic. Because, you see, when you handle the mic and we hear you speak, all right, when we sit down there, we are quiet, but we are, we are testing the waters. We're testing the waters. Where is it speaking from? You see, the moment people veer off and they contact a wrong spirit, the first place, anytime you contact a spirit, any spirit, the first place where the spirit manifests is on your tongue. Or in your mouth. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost for the first time. And they began to dance. No, they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It's your tongue. You hear the person say, hmm? 
Sometimes you just you tell some people, can you just share? Just share. let me hear you speak. You can design where they are talking from. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth what speaks. Praise God. So your teachers. Amen. And now let me say one more. Because this is not a sour. Alright, but let me say one more. <clears throat> Listen to this. Another thing that influences your choice is actually your encounters with God. Your encounters. Amen. Now, when the multitudes left Jesus, all right, in John, John chapter number 6, verse 66, John 66. I mean, it's, it's a verse that, you know, look at it. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. <laughs> John 66, verse 66, John 6. All right, and they left him. And Jesus looked at the 12. He says, what are you still waiting for? Why not? Go with them. <laughs> Peter said, we've had an encounter with you. You have the word of eternal life. We have heard you speak. Anytime you speak, there's something, it ha- something happens within us. That, ah. This is not just, ah, that guy, it makes sense to me. Alright? It's good to make sense to people. Does that person make destiny to you? Can you see purpose when you hear that person speak? You see, your teachers are people, when they speak to you, I mean, even if you are going like this, they knock you back into alignment. You're like, they, it's like, like your head will correct. Your head can't be, you can't, they can't be, like, they slap you back into alignment. You just hear one word and say, ah, thank you, Father. I, I really misbehaved. I give, you, I give you praise for your word. The way the word came to me today, I'm so grateful. Amen. I said, Amen. It is God who sets the solitary family. You don't choose your teachers. It's only backsliders that choose their teachers. They heap up teachers for themselves, having itching ears. So their ears are itching, itching. So they say, this one is my teacher. They now start selecting teachers. But those who are going to fulfill destiny, God will select their teachers for them. They say, follow that man. That's your teacher. Let's be upstanding. Lift up your hands and give thanks to God. Give him praise. Thank him for his word that has come to you today. Thank him. Thank him. I want to teach on Thanksgiving. Can you imagine? (laughs) It is well. So if you want to listen to a message on Thanksgiving, listen to the (laughs) e-service. Just go and listen to it. Amen. (laughs) Lift up your hands and speak to the Lord right now. Say, Father, thank you for helping my choices. By the grace of God, I make the right choices in Jesus' name. Come on, go ahead and pray. Go ahead and pray. Sakatia, Makrotona, Parasata. 
Erodogoma Preketia Pokotola Preketia Makaria Dagabaha Zondo Breketeg La Croshakatia Ranto Kosop to Pregedegredo Shakatia Macre Kosop to Pregetele Grosha Prabababo Macro Tongre Sip to Pregedegredo Shakaradabaha Come on, go ahead and pray. Pastor Funke, just, just come and wrap this up and then make an altar call. Makarasha, lift up your hands and pray. There's alignment already. God is beating us back into alignment. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Wow. Glory to God. What a word. While I sat down there, and um, you realize that pastor wanted to teach on something particularly but the spirit of god kept you know um taking his heart into something else the lord spoke to me there's someone in this congregation this morning you've been under the torment of the fear of death it appeared in your dream and you've you've just been fighting it and all that okay if you're that person please come forward quickly Quickly, the word, the message was specifically for you. You've been under serious torment of the fear of death. You know, it's just like you go around with a knowing that you will die. You know, something like that. It just keeps coming. You try to shut it up, but it keeps coming. You just try to shut it up. Hallelujah. All right, church of God, I want you to just pray in the spirit right now. I want you to pray in the spirit right now. I want you to pray in the spirit right now. Um, Pastor Shala, just pray in the spirit. Oh, thank you, Father. Masodoba Shadeha. Koraba Sanamandegero Sute Bedi Hata. Kira Mandegero Suta Badi Handegero Shataya Badiha. Paremondo godo sota badi hatile ibradi shatai manegede kora mandegedo sunda barabahade di hatai dabahati na mandegedo sika parebo shina mandegedo sota bali hande terea bahati ya pareko shina mandegede gedegede kora bashani handegedo sute ovra mandegedo sota bali ha praying tongues praying tongues something is happening in this auditorium. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. You know, I just perceive in the spirit that um, this requires urgent attention. Hallelujah. Um, There's someone here that the enemy means to terminate your life, but the Lord says that I've cancelled it in this meeting. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Lord says it's cancelled. And you will live and live very long, said the Lord. And the Lord says, you will live for me. One of the ways that you will know that it is you is that from this moment, you begin to have encounters with the Lord. And all the encounters will be saying one thing, that you should serve the Lord. The Lord says that you will submit to my servant. And he will raise you, said the Lord. And he will train you. And I, the Lord, will make you great. Hallelujah. You know, I had to invite Pastor back because the Lord said Pastor should minister to them. We're just here representing Christ. Hallelujah. 
So we allow the man of God to do what God has sent him to do. Thank you, Jesus. Lift up those hands and just worship the most high. Worship him. Oh, worship him. Oh, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name, we are afraid. There is someone here this morning. What I'm going to do is I'm going to describe you the way God has shown you to me in the spirit. I don't know you in the physical, but I can see you in the spirit. And uh, you love the Lord. You're born again. You have served him. And your vows are still standing before the Lord. Your vows of how you will serve him with your life. Your vows of how you love him. And you will live for him. Those vows are still speaking before the Lord. I see clearly. But along the line. When you got into responsibility. You got distracted. With the issues of the affairs of life. And the demands of living. You got married. You have tried. All of a sudden, in this year 2020, you stepped out of your marital vows. And you embraced the bosom of a strange woman. And what led to it is you had a complaint about your wife. And um, you have tried to tell her, but she had not been paying attention. And you've gotten tired. And you embrace the bosom of a strange woman. Thus saith the Lord, who speaks and does not lie. He says, I have had mercy on you. Because I have loved you with an everlasting love. After this service, you will go and see my servant, saith the Lord. And you will open up. And I will put my word on his lips for you. Because your help has come, saith the Lord. And your struggles are over. Because I have loved you. The Lord says, I'm the God of another chance. He says, and you will fulfill your vow. And I will reveal myself to you. As your God that makes you great, saith the Lord. Lift up those hands this morning and just worship him. His name is great and awesome and high. Oh, thank you. What an atmosphere. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, the Lord just says this in my heart to a woman in this service that you will repent of that sin. You have dishonored your husband in your heart. It's not physical, but it's in your heart. I don't know what exactly your husband did. But you dishonored him. You have despised him in your heart. The Lord says repent. And you will see my hand in your home. Say the Lord. 
you will see my hand in your home oh thank you jesus if there is anyone here that has a child that is sick right now you have a child that is sick right now hallelujah and um, i want you to come forward if that child is in the children's church please fetch that child and come right now if you are a woman here or a man and you have a child that has a challenge in his or her health please fetch that child and come right now church of god lift up your hands and worship him what a mighty god while i wait for people to answer that altar call there is someone in service this morning you have backslidden that's what describes you and jesus is saying come i want you to run forward if you fall into that category your heart was touched with this morning's message somehow you have backslidden i don't know how it happened but somehow you live your life right now as though you've been hurt against god you've been offended you are in this service come the lord said to me yes there is somebody come today is your day what describes you is that you were offended and somehow you know you backslid that's what describes you you were offended something happened the lord says to beckon unto you and say come come see at the lord he says come oh thank you jesus please give me that child oh jesus come come